0: Welcome to the Agile Playbook podcast. Every week on this podcast, I answer one question that I get from you. My name is Vibor Chandil, and I am an executive Agile and leadership coach. Today's question is from Prakash, who's a fellow scrum master in India. Prakash has recently been given the responsibility to guide a new Agile team. Paul, let's read the question.
1: Absolutely. Here it is. Hi, Vibber. I hope you're doing great in the year 2021. I have been following you for some time and think your podcast is a great way to get some advice on the challenges I usually face, especially when starting with a new team. I am a scrum master in India. My next assignment is to help a waterfall team transition to Agile. Most of the team members on this project are new to Agile. I would appreciate any advice on assisting a team transition from scratch. This is the question? This is the question.
0: Great. Prakash, I hear you. And I can completely relate to where you are coming from. I think we all can.
1: Getting started is often the most difficult, especially when helping a team transition from waterfall to agile.
0: Absolutely. Doing anything the first time is always tricky. Not knowing where to start can cause a lot of stress. So Prakash, I have a suggestion that you can start with. But keep in mind, this is not something that I would advise you to follow blindly. Get ideas from it and modify and adjust it according to your team and your situation.
1: Every team is different.
0: Exactly, okay. With that out of the way, let's get started. Are you ready, Paul?
1: Absolutely.
0: Now, regardless of if your team is currently using agile methods or not, usually what I suggest new Scrum masters is to start with a new team by first conducting a two week assessment, creating a customized coaching plan. This two week time is the observation period And it is usually divided into two halves. In the first half, I suggest conducting one-on-one interviews with the goal to learn about the current state of the team. Most people do retrospectives, but I prefer one-on-one interviews. From a psychological safety standpoint, one-on-one interviews provide a comparatively safer environment. Now, the purpose of these interviews is to get information on eight things. Number one, current roles and responsibilities within the team. Number two, their day-to-day activities. Number three, their opinion on how things are progressing. Number four, tools that the team is currently using for various activities. Number five, current processes that are in place. Number six, types of interaction, collaboration, and dependency on other roles or teams during these activities. Number seven, the infrastructure environment in place. And finally, number eight, challenges that the team is currently
1: facing. That is an extensive list.
0: It sure is, but keep in mind that all of these may not apply to every team. It is essential to remain objective while making observations and not fall into the trap, the temptation of drawing conclusions or making any recommendations. Recommendations are needed but should come towards the end of the assessment, when holistic information is available.
1: This is excellent stuff. Any suggestion about how to prepare for these interviews?
0: Well, I typically advise to inform the project manager or the team lead a day or two in advance about the interviews I plan to conduct, asking them to inform the team members to make time for the interviews, which could last anywhere between 30 minutes to an hour. Make sure to set up a time beforehand so that the interviewee is not distracted during the interview. Also, based on any insight already shared with you about the team's current context, create a list of areas you want to ask about specifically.
1: This is great. Now, I know all meetings are different, but how to break the ice in such discussions?
0: Well, it's simple. By introducing or reintroducing yourself to the individual. By briefly letting them know why you are there with the team. Explain what the interview is about and how it will help moving forward. Keep in mind that the interviewee should not feel like this is a test that has a right or a wrong answer. Thank the person for agreeing to the interview and try to keep the interaction balanced between formal and informal so that it seems important, yet the interviewee feels comfortable opening up about sensitive team issues. Also, keep a notebook handy and inform the interviewee that you will be scribbling notes during the interview, which you can share with them later after some cleanup if they are interested.
1: Awesome. What kind of questions should be asked? Could we include the questions you talked about in the last episode on building trust?
0: So Paul, the simple answer is no, this is not that meeting. The purpose of this meeting is to collect as much product related information from the participants as possible. Asking personal stuff may not be a good idea, At this point, all questions should revolve around the eight topics I talked about earlier. Questions like what's their current role and responsibilities within the team, followed by asking the person to describe their typical day. Now you can expect to get a lot of information out of this. So be ready to probe for details as and when required. Don't stick to going breadth wise or depth-wise. Switch how you elicit details based on how relevant you feel the topic is. You can even ask the individual to show and tell some aspects. Perhaps, you know, using some whiteboard tool on their computer. As you know, we are all working from home these days. That said, remember to timebox. After a point, too much detail is unnecessary at this stage. An important piece that you can end the interview with is asking about project challenges. Doing that can help you get insights that you might not gain by firsthand observation. If you have done a few interviews already, use further interviews to validate some of the points mentioned by others to get different views on the same thing. That too can be quite revealing at times. Now, after putting all of this hard work in the first week, you then end the first week by reading and rereading the notes you scribbled and making sense of what was said by the participants. Now, when it comes to me, I usually rewrite everything in a story format, but it's just me, I get ideas when I write. Try to collate the information you collected in a role-specific manner rather than as individual interviews. When you do this, you start noticing patterns, which then can feed into the later phases of assessment. That is uh, highlighting bottlenecks and uh, making recommendations about the kind of training to provide to the team.
1: So this is the first week. What happens in the second week?
0: The second week is to make yourself familiar with the workflow.
1: That is really essential.
0: Very essential, Paul. This step is extremely essential. Most of the complaints about Scrum Masters not being on board with the project team come from ignoring or missing this step. I advise Scrum Masters to use the second week to get as much familiar with the product or project as possible.
1: And how do you do that? Now, you
0: can find a gazillion ways to do this, but what I use is called process mapping.
1: Sounds familiar. Is this the same as story mapping?
0: Almost, you can say that it's the big brother of story mapping as we do not go to the level of the user story in this case.
1: Got it. So how do you create a process map?
0: The information you collected during the first half of the assessment using one-on-one interviews is used in drawing the process map. You take a few stickies and write down the critical activities different roles get involved in. Give a short name to the activity and note the name of the role as well. Keep the granularity at medium level as you don't want too many stickies at once, well at least not initially. Then sequence these stickies on a whiteboard, one at a time in the order they are done by the team draw connecting lines between the stickies. If some activities are repeated, draw loops accordingly. You will now have a visual timeline of the current workflow. Try to spot apparent gaps in the timeline and add more stickies for those missing activities. Now, keep in mind that it is unlikely to get a complete view of the process, as some of these aspects may not be apparent and team members might not be aware of them.
1: In that case, we need validation of these steps.
0: Exactly. You need to get this validated. And you do that, by scheduling a final meeting with the product leadership team, the project managers, the product owners, and the tech leads. In this meeting, you walk through the process step by step, giving them a chance to react at every step, getting either validation or corrections. For the gaps, let them call out the activities and the roles involved. Also, don't forget to cross-check with what you assumed before. In the end, get their final nod by summarizing the map on the board.
1: And this ends the observation period.
0: This ends the observation period. You now have a validated process that you can use to prepare recommendations. Recommendations like which agile framework to use and what kind of training the team
1: requires moving forward. This is great Vibhar. I am sure Prakash got the answer he was looking for.
0: Prakash, I hope I answered your question. Give it a try and let us know how it goes. And thank you for submitting your question. If you would like to submit a question for a future episode of the Agile Playbook, visit anchor.fm forward slash There on the homepage, you can record a voice message. If you like, you can also send your question via LinkedIn messages. Maybe we can answer it on an upcoming episode. Until next time, stay healthy and be safe.